This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. And uh, Brandon, it's been a pretty dark week, pretty dark Tuesday and Wednesday in the Fantasy Premier League land. Yeah, I'd say the consensus is the game week 23 is by far the worst game week so far and what has been a very up-and-down season. So, right. yeah, to all right. our listeners out there, we uh, we feel your pain. I'm sure we <laughs> must have, like, 10 to 15 guys or gals listening who had a really great week. One would think, uh, but I, from what I how, saw on Twitter— How you have a great week in which no one actually scored any points, actually. I'm not sure. Brett and I were—we actually had solved a, a mystery. We, we lost, like, a handful, maybe like 10-plus followers on, on Twitter today, and we were like, what is going on? Uh, and we're like, do we like, do we tweet something really offensive? Like what happened? It was like, I think people are just done. There's just like a certain portion of people who are just like, nope, I'm out. See you next season. Like I, I, a game week like this is just, it drives people out of the game for a while. I wanted to put a silver lining on it though, Josh, just pointing out that, uh, the God Tom Heaton has now officially broken the record for in a season, most bonus points scored by a goalkeeper. 18 total bonus points just through 23 game weeks. He's already broken the record. Tim Kroll's record. Yes. I'm sure it's been (laughs) held by Tim Kroll for a long time. Um, But we were talking about this earlier. It's just hilarious how uh, Heaton's 18 bonus points almost equal Jordi Amat's total points on the entire season, which are 20. So uh, I I think that's easy money to guess that Tom Heaton scores more more bonus than Amat gets total (laughs) points the rest of the season. Yeah. So it's it, it was a very unusual game. I mean, first of all, I don't even really know why they had midweek fixtures this week anyway. I mean, like you can spread the season out, guys, you know, like it doesn't have to be this 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 crazy. Throw, throw, you throw us a double game week down the line or something. You know, I I don't know. It was uh, so the, the FM Cup of the weekend. You have matches coming up this weekend. Um, everyone was clearly exhausted. Right. We didn't see. Um, I actually don't understand why the teams were so flat, because I, I said they were exhausted. But, you know, most of the squads were playing 
you know, League Two or, or lower. So I don't know about lower, but like you know, League One, League Two, Championship sides in the FA Cup. Um, Perhaps less physical they'd exhaustion. Be a little better. More, more ennui, I think. Mm, right. Mental exhaustion. But even that Chelsea Liverpool match, which you know was compelling in a way. I mean, you had Costa's missed penalty, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a very exciting match. I mean, it didn't feel like there was a lot. I don't know. I we we were watching that game together, the Chelsea Liverpool game, and it was almost disgusting how gleeful we were when Costa missed that penalty. I mean, it was we, for me. Yeah, we almost it, jumped up and like belly bumped. It was that yeah. that exciting. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a combination of neither of us had Costa in our squads this week, and so it would be very bad if he were to have scored that goal. And also, it was it was a classic ball don't lie situation. He clearly flopped. For me, I think he totally flopped on that penalty. Right, he didn't deserve right. it. To be honest, I, the game I was we were <laughs> the place we were at they had they had that on most of the TVs, but because you know we're such fantasy nerds, we were focused on like the two or three small screens that were showing uh, the Arsenal match and the the very unusual Tottenham match. I don't know what was what happened to Spurs in that game. I mean, I don't know. How, Sunderland do not keep clean sheets. I don't know how they keep a clean sheet at home to well, Spurs. Sunderland were basically just chopping them down left and right. That Jack Rodwell uh, tackle on Dembele was a crime. And right. it was also a fantasy crime. So you, Captain Sanchez, and I... Uh, Did you... I, I was surprised when you jumped up at the bar, though, and said, that's a fantasy crime. And what I mean by fantasy crime, Josh, is that we all know Rodwell should have been off with a red card, and therefore Harry Kane would have gone on to score five goals. Right. You made a um, an interesting captain. Not interesting, but you, you made a, a slight maverick captain choice this game week. I, I don't want to, you know, not... Kane to Sunderland is not an insane captain choice, but given that Sanchez and, and Ibra were... I had these really tasty home fixtures. It was certainly uh, yeah. a bit of a maverick move, I'd say. Yeah, in the end, I suppose it was. And it, the the polls were right. Alexis was the right way to go in the end. I mean, if if barely. I guess the right way to go would have been to Captain Sigurdsson. <laughs> right, exactly. Obviously. And uh, now we're getting questions about bringing, whether you should bring Sigurdsson in, which makes me want to throw up. <laughs> I stuck with him for so long. I mean, uh, just to to bring out Sigurdsson and Benteke, who scored this week for uh, Junior Stanislaw and uh, Lukaku. I mean, it's cost me like thirty points in two game weeks. I mean, it's absolutely sickening. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Kane could have come. I mean, you know, Ericsson too didn't have a great game. Eric Dyer seems like he was the one who was who should have scored a couple goals in this match. So. Uh, game week 23 was a strange one, Brandon. I want to talk a little bit about this podcast because we're not going to I'm going to do it a little bit differently than other podcasts because uh, it's only two days before the next week's fixture start. So uh, I don't think it's um, – there's no point in doing a super long podcast that no one's going to really have a chance time? to listen to anyway. Who's got the time? So um, we're just going to um, – we're going to run through the Hail Shooter Super League, and we're going to um, answer a few questions, and then we're going to look at Game Week 24, and uh, that's that. So I think this this might be our shortest podcast ever. We'll think about and a half that. Hours. We made that yeah. promise before. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, kicking uh, but things off, it's it's our main man, Ken Rooney, right? And he, he says, the king is dead. Long live the king. He hasn't been a must-have for a while, but have we finally seen the end of Sergio Aguero, even as a viable option in FPL? <laughs> 
Uh, someone on Twitter said that Aguero's peak moment was, were the five goals he scored at home to Newcastle in game week eight last season. And it's kind of been downhill since then. Remember, he was like out for a month of the knee injury, like right yep. after that. Yep. Um, and and that was it. And he came in at 70th minute. And I, I actually wasn't watching that match, uh, but I heard that he was kind of playing as a winger even. It was like he wasn't even playing as a striker. So... Uh, yeah, it's over for yeah, him. Over. If you if you haven't gotten rid of him, what, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I I'm actually gonna I'm gonna jump I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up. Uh, we have we got a bunch of questions on on a topic that you can that you will not be surprised uh, is, is is one of the key topics this game week. And uh, this is uh, Jeff Petter and Razzie Boy and Marcel Kreese and Sporting DC. We had four separate questions all around the idea of. Is it Jesus time? Is it time for the Jesus? <laughs> yeah, bonus points to Razzie Boy for pulling up a gif of uh, the Jesus from Big Lebowski. So we're, we're looking at you, Razzie. So what are your thoughts on Gabriel Jesus or Jesus? Or, do we know how to, is there a consensus on how to say his name? I think is, that is this another Middlesbrugger situation? I think the, so far as I understand it, the commentators here in America were calling him J- uh, Jesus. J Zeus. J Zeus. But they, I will say, English Premier League commentators are not often right. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's name. it's sort of like the Hector Bellerin effect. Like Bellerin mm-hmm. came into Arsenal and he was, hey, it's Hector Bellerin. Right. And now they're all the commentators are sort of experimenting with this Bellerin um, right. pronunciation. Yeah, I mean, we're five years into the Santi Cazorla era, and I still don't know if it's Cazorla or Cathorla. It's it's never been resolved in a way that that I like feel confident in saying his name ever. Josh, you know my real sticking point is how people pronounce Bjork. If you're from <laughs> Iceland, you know it's pronounced Bjork, so stop fooling yourselves. Okay. What about what about Bjart Wathna Helgeson? How about that one? That's a tricky one. I think and he even, he even went on Reddit and and told us the way to pronounce his name, and I'm so lazy that I didn't I didn't commit, commit it to memory. memory. I did Bjork. send out his pins, however. Uh, everyone who everyone who's pledged as a quick side note, everyone who's pledged uh, uh, in, you know, at the five dollar uh, Patreon level, uh, your pins are officially in the mail. I uh, mailed to Norway and Australia and uh, Sweden and England uh, yeah. all all this week. So yeah, I uh, mailed to yeah. Canada as well. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah, like so they're all out it's, there. It's global, yeah, exactly. No, okay. So my feelings on Jesus. Uh, are these um, nine nine million in the Premier League? Yeah, it is tempting because I think right now a lot of people are on the precipice of buying a third striker. And like, if you're me, I'm I'm dumping Giroud. Uh, it was time to j- dump Giroud, regardless of him being subbed at halftime over this game week. But that was obviously the number five last nail in the coffin. But do we go low or do we go high? I mean, some people are trying to get Lukaku in, even though he's not really on form at the moment, or some people are looking for cheaper options. Crouch can, uh, continues to to score FPL points. You've got yep. guys like Andre Gray who might be able to help your team. Sam Vokes, the Volkswagen, is is heating up again. Uh, <laughs> you, but so so uh, Jesus Jesus comes around right at this time in which we're we're ready to make a decision, and he seems like he he's a very um he's a very probable gamble but here are my thoughts i think his performance uh today against west ham it only proves one thing it proves that sergio aguero is no longer a, a viable fpl asset what does it prove about jesus 
I don't know. It's, so it, you so, can't you can't base it off of one game. But 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 when you see that they're home to Swansea, way to Bournemouth, way to Sunderland, home to Stoke in the next four game weeks, I mean, it has to at least pique your interest. Yeah, and the striker situation is so interesting at City. Uh, uh, I mean, I invested in Inacho when Aguero went off with his numerous bans, and that didn't pan out because Pep sort of lost interest in the Nacho man. Jesus seems like a different type of player. He's 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 many levels above. Even though I do rate Nacho, I think he's a great great player. But he uh, Jesus is a Pep guy that he's brought in. And he seems invested in getting him playing time and working him into his system. So, yeah, I, I do buy the fact that he it's a good shot that he'll be in the starting 11. But I, I, you, you know, I, sh- I should note that there's there's a blank game week 26 in there, too. So if, if you bring him in for the Swansea and Bournemouth matches, which which is you know a reasonable thing to do, I think, um, you are going to have to bench him uh, that third week. So it does, does complicate things a little bit. He's a young man. I'm sure he's very fit. I don't see why he couldn't play against Swansea on the weekend. I mean, start against Swansea. But okay, the, the fact you, is, is it's a gamble until we see the starting eleven. But yeah, you know, we we know that Everton, uh, you know, will be playing in those. So we've got two blank double game week, two blank double game weeks, kind of twenty six and twenty eight. Would you rather have Lukaku, who's going to play both those game weeks, or would you rather have Gabriel Jesus? Yeah, I mean. L- I guess it's easier to go with Lukaku. I mean, easy isn't quite the right word. It's smarter, I suppose, or more. Uh, it's less of a risk to go with Lukaku. Yeah, he's looked worthless the last two game weeks, yeah. though. Absolutely worthless. I guess it, twenty-six and twenty-eight aren't technically double game weeks just yet, right? They're just blank, uh, looking like blank weeks, right? Yeah, they're just just blank weeks with with double game weeks to come. Hopefully soon. I, I said I said this in last week's podcast, but I'm I'm ready for yeah. for some double game weeks. So okay, so I, just I think to, that's to I get, th- yeah yeah I think that's very yeah. fair fair advice. Like you were saying, Josh, uh, Lukaku seems a little smarter than Jesus right now, strictly because of those blanks that City are coming up against. He is more expensive, however. He's nine point six, and uh, in, in Jesus is. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say Jesus because I think that's hey, probably man, go with your gut. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is, uh, he's 9 million. So, I mean, 0.6 is a big difference. I mean, that, you know, for some people who are trying to get rid of Giroud, uh, that's a move you can make. Whereas Giroud to Lukaku requires, what, a million or so? Yeah. Uh, so that does complicate things a little bit. But, you know, the, the problem is blank game week 26, uh, possible blank in game week 28, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I know that we should, like, we, we next week's podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about the double game week blanks. It's, it's very, like, it's very complicated. It makes my head spin a little bit to think about it too much. We know who's not playing. Uh, and we know a few teams that are playing. Uh, but, you know, it's still very difficult to plan for. It, it makes it makes our head spin a little bit. I mean, we, we know we, there, there are three fixtures that we know are happening to Game Week 28. That's uh, Everton hosting West Brom, Bournemouth hosting West Ham, and Hull hosting Swansea. Outside of that, I think a lot of it is still up in the air. So uh, it's because so many things are up in the air, it, it makes it difficult to really uh, effectively plan. But um, I guess if I were making a move, I wouldn't necessarily – if I was making a move for an expensive player, I probably wouldn't bring in anybody who wasn't playing a game week 26, which yeah. includes Gabriel Jesus. Now, let's turn our attention to things that are, are certain, Josh, and that okay. is the, the top 10 of the Hail Cheaters – 
They officially renamed the Hale Cheevers uh, Super League. <laughs> Hale, Hale John Cheever, great author. <laughs> yeah. So uh, updated after game week 23, I'll just run through the top 10 here. We actually have 11 managers posted because there is a three-way tie at 9th, 10th, and 11th place uh, with total scores of Why don't you start there and build up this time? Oh, wow, that's an interesting idea. Okay, so tied at 9, 10, and 11th place, uh, Cyril Anders, his bricklayer's squad, scored 40 on the game week at 1339. At 10, Laro, Jake Canyard, and at ninth place, also on 1339, it's Fabio Borges, Clichy's Clean Sheets. Moving up the ranks, eighth place, it's the Cuddly Koalas, David Fellheim squad. And in seventh, a Juve Gatsa friend, Kiara Randall's squad. Sixth place, Creamy, Brian O'Shea. In fifth place, FC Carcelona, Caroline Brady. And fourth place, The Wire, uh, Keelan McCardle. Uh, that's we're getting it. We're getting higher here, Josh. Thirteen sixty-six total points for Keelan. There, mm. are you impressed yet? Uh, I am. Yes. Okay. Third place, the Reykjavik Runners are. are, are uh, he was first place uh, after game week twenty-two, so he's dropped down to third. Bjart Wealth Helgeson uh, scored a, a low twenty-six points here on the game week. So, like a lot of us, feeling a little bit of pain and yep. anguish. Yep. Okay. Second place, Eat the Kapoo, Patrick Connolly's squad, and a new number one, Arshin Batawala. A-team scored 48 points, not too shabby for this low-scoring game week. Not too Total shabby. points, 1379, and uh, Arshin is, I looked up his rank, and he is ranked in the world 301 total rank. Uh, so, well done, not Arshin. Bad. Not bad, Arshan. Crack that top 300. You can do it. And it's never too late to join the Hail Shooters Super League. We're getting new managers every week still in Game Week 23. It's, it's amazing. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com, click the League tab, or any of our social media uh, profiles have the League code. So join. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I left. Yes, please, jo- please, please <laughs> why do join. You, why would you join? Join. Uh, Yep, and a, and a quick quick Patreon note: We are down to only five people in the uh, the Hail Cheater Survivor League, our knockout league. Uh, it was the the Arsenal match uh, was was the was I think it was the Arsenal match and maybe the Bournemouth match knocked out five of the final ten managers. So uh, we're down to just just five now. Uh, which when we started, I thought I thought it might last like a little. 10, 15 weeks possibly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, we're four weeks in and uh, we've knocked out a ton of people. So uh, I've also had a couple of emails from people who, who, you know, pledged to the Patreon league and then didn't get their fantasy premier league league code. Um, so if you didn't get it for some reason, I think it ended up in a couple people's spam filters. Um, just, uh, you know, send us an email or, or find us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And, uh, I'll just, uh, copy and paste the league code for you. Yeah. So. And you'll get, you'll get your points from game week 19. Same as every right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and if you want to learn more or join, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. All right. Should we take a quick break, Josh, and we'll come back. We've got a few meltdowns this week, a couple bits and bobs, questions from the internet, and then we're just going to do a quick run through of uh, game week 24 fixtures. Sounds good. Same old podcast, always Brandon, we're back. And our first meltdown of the week comes from a top tenor, David Fellheim. He says, meltdown, dot, dot, dot. Worst, worst round ever. Now, I have to, I have to call shenanigans here on David Fellheim because he's got thirty-seven points. I mean, within this top ten, we see, you know, poor, poor, 
poor Reykjavik runners on 26 and, and Keith, you know, Keelan McCardle on 34. I mean, it has been 30. an absolutely brutal, brutal, appalling game week. <laughs> I would have won like every single one of my head to heads. If I had 37 points this game week, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just looking at my squad and they were just, uh, my high score was David De Gea with six points. It's, it's outrageous. <laughs> Truly Which was enough for you to win our head-to-head because the the Phil Jones coming off. Oh uh, man, I I I, that, I that was a bad beat, and I have to I have to apologize for that you, was a bad you, beat. You, yeah, you you played that well. You didn't uh, you didn't rub it in at all. That was that was that was pretty. <laughs> and he was on for three bonus points too, but it was, uh, it was frustrating. So that, I mean, at, Alta, at the end of the day, the Phil Jones chickens were all were going to come home to roost. Like, it's like bringing in Johnny Evans. I mean, you don't you don't bring in Johnny Evans because yeah. Johnny Evans can't stay healthy. It just can't do it. Their bodies um, they they break. They're constantly breaking down. They're like yes, like uh, Johnny Evans and Phil Jones are like the Walking Dead zombies uh, creeping across the the pitch of the Premier League. Like at some point, their arm is just going to fall off. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Jones already kind of looks like he's missing some. Vital appendages or something. His face is—it's like whatever. It's like gravity doesn't work with him the way it does with other people. He's got a little bit of that sort of. Um, uh, who, who is Doctor Frankenstein's assistant, <laughs> Hunchback assistant? Right, he, Igor or yeah, something. He's got a little bit of Igor happening. <laughs> Fa- he's, he has he has facial Igor syndrome. Dave Wagner Lodal, who also beat me, possibly. The, I think I think the Phil Jones clean sheet bonus would have been enough. Uh, for me to to just nick him, uh, but good on you, Dave. I'm not mad. Clearly, even though I'm bringing it up right now, uh, says uh, we need a name for when your captain scores and the rest of your team blanks. The captain Morgan, the Kobe. <laughs> now, the, I assume that he's talking about Kobe Bryant here. Well, it could be Kobe Bryant, but I, I was excited. To, so today is a signing day in college football. Okay. Uh, so in, in, in so, America. So quick side note. Uh, okay, explain what it is, and then I, I have a yeah. work story for you. That's real quick, okay. everybody. So basically, uh, in, in America, when, you, um, when you're a high school player and you decide to uh, you know, commit to a program to play college football, and it's kind of a big deal because you know, these squads are huge in college. You know, it's 75, 80-man rosters um, when you include walk-ons and stuff like that. Um, so they have these big, these big signing days, and uh, they often like, shoot like a viral video or whatever and get, and get the word out. Uh, so the thing that made the rounds today, though, is that Illinois State signed this player who's an offensive lineman and his name is Kobe Buffalo meat. (laughs) (laughs) So Kobe is his first name and Buffalo meat. One word is his last name. Oh my God. I have so many questions that I I really don't think we have time to answer. (laughs) The story I was going to tell is I work with a huge college football fan. Uh, He's a Tennessee volunteers fan. And he was telling me about a live he used to follow uh, a few years ago. I think they've updated their processes since then. He used to follow a live feed of the Tennessee Vols fax machine, and as faxes would come in, people right people would come by and grab the faxes. Apparently, they got in trouble yeah. because they had like scantily clad interns coming by picking up the faxes. See, dabbling with recruiting and getting interested in it is is very similar to getting interested in the transfer windows. Uh, it is something you should only dip your toe into, yeah. uh, because otherwise it's just, there's a lot of lying and rumors and 
people who think they know shit who don't know shit and just i i don't even get that personality type like the guy who creates a twitter account to like tweet out fake news about a where someone's gonna sign or whatever like yeah. it's just a weird it's a weird psychology like there's not even any money in it i don't think it's just a strange thing uh so unless they all want to be like like a guru or something you yeah. know but even then, do you make any money doing that? Okay, so Kobe. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Kobe sorry. beef meat. Yeah. What's his name? Kobe, Kobe buffalo meat. Kobe I, I, assume buffalo he, meat. I assume he's Native American. I think that uh, I think the Kobe Bryant analogy is more rap because this is Kobe like was the like the captain of the Lakers and he would he wouldn't pass the ball to his teammates. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm I mean, going with the Kobe here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not bad. You know. I mean. At least your captain scored. Your I mean, scored. you should just call it the Alexis Sanchez. We were we were walk we were watching the uh, the Arsenal Watford game, and in the second half, it was like Alexis was coming all the way basically to Peter Check's goal line to yeah. retrieve the ball, and he was like, "Okay, guys, I'm just going to carry the ball." all the way up the field and try to score. And if I don't score, somebody get the ball and pass it back to me. Yeah, I, I don't really understand what's going like, on. His role is so free-floating that I, it doesn't seem – I don't know. I mean, he's been he's played so well this year that it's hard to find fault with him. But it doesn't seem like the best use of his energy, you know, but yeah. that's – that's a that's a non fantasy discussion that I could <laughs> I, I could talk about Alexis Sanchez all the, like he's such a fascinating figure in he so many really different is, ways. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. In Poch, we yeah. trust. We don't. We don't have. Oh well, we didn't even really answer his question, but the answer is we don't have an answer. So um, <laughs> on Twitter, or Facebook, <laughs> let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll pose the question on there. Uh, you know what 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 should we call it when your captain scores and the rest of your team blanks? So uh, any suggestions? Let us know. Uh, I'll offer one more suggestion. Suggestion: a rarity. <laughs> a rarity. Okay. And Patri Trust tweeted at us saying, "Is it time to stay calm and not overreact to a low point week?" Yes, absolutely. Stay calm. I think we we kind of touched on this when the podcast started. It it just seems like. This week, everyone was had some sort of level of physical or mental fatigue. It just seemed kind of like a blip. Yeah, and the, I mean, there wasn't it wasn't a high variance game week. I mean, you had somewhere between twenty five and forty points for most people. You know, it wasn't like there were you know it wasn't like a couple weeks ago where you know you needed like close to a hundred points to really get a green arrow. I mean, this was like I, I I imagine with forty points, you were pretty clearly in the red. Or even in the green this time. Yeah, it wasn't a game week in which like Alonzo scores a brace or Costa has a hat trick. There are players where there is there there is a mix of who in the yeah. in the top active managers has or doesn't have. Exactly, and the beauty of it is, you know, it's we've got a game week in two days, so you can we can we can wipe the stink off. <laughs> it will be, but a distant memory. <laughs> uh, Byron James says, "What's worse? These are just great meltdowns. It's just melting down all the way." Uh, Byron James says, "What's worse, Sporting Arsenal or my uh, fantasy team? Uh, the first can't." Yeah. What's worse, Sporting Arsenal, or my fantasy team? The first half against Watford broke my heart slash season. Yeah, man, uh, that <coughs> classic Arsenal game. Classic Arsenal. I, 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 I don't know what I don't know what to say. I'm <laughs> I know. I, I'm glad that I I missed the first half of this game because I was I was at a doctor's appointment that went a little long. But 
uh, I was tracking it on my phone, uh, which is really professional of me. I was there with my baby's four-month checkup, and I'm surreptitiously looking at my phone every three minutes to see if uh, anything's happened so far in the match. Um, and I lost, yeah, I guess I lost three clean sheets in like two minutes because uh, there's a penalty in the West Brom game, and I, I had double West Brom defense, and uh, and then two goals in the Arsenal game. I mean, what what happened? Uh, the, it was two goals within three minutes and the Dini goal was uh, Eddie and Kapu just went on this mazy run. He, it, it's a, such a sad story at and Kapu where particularly guys like me, me, whose team value is uh, like in the red because of this guy. And he went on this brilliant run and got off this shot that slipped through the defense and just squirted out right at Troy Dini's feet. And this was after Jonas Kabul had scored his goal and, it was it was just a confluence of events that uh, that put Arsenal in that situation, and they they just haven't been able to score at will for the last month or so. So I feel like it it should have been a game in which a team like Arsenal would come back from. But the fact is that they don't they can't score goals at the moment. They were kind of screwed I, from the moment they went down by two. Yeah, and you could tell that that Walcott looked a little rusty um, and. Uh, yeah. Is Ramsey injured now? Is that, is, or is he just not like, is he just like not good? I, what's going on with Ramsey? Let me, let me pull him up real quick here. I should have, I should have checked this beforehand. Um, well, the thing with Ramsey is I think they're forced to play him a little deeper now that Granite Xhaka is out with the red card. Cochlear right, is not right. very trustworthy yeah. back there. So, and it's, you yeah. know, Ra- Ramsey's impulse is, Sanchez-esque, and he wants to get forward and score a wonder goal. Yeah, he, uh, he after playing the full 90 for three matches in a row, he only played 19 uh, minutes in this last game week, and he is, he's on 18 points on the season. Uh, he has less points than Mohamed Elneny and many, many less points than Francois Coquelin. He has as uh, he, many points as uh, Tom Heaton has bonus points, which will forever be our benchmark. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey, he might be like a 6.5 million player next year. I mean, he is... He might actually leave Arsenal, right? I mean, I, I wonder if send I don't know. Him, it's, send him to Bournemouth to the rejoin Jack. Yeah, I feel like we're not doing a lot of fantasy talk this week, but you know, it's the, the problem with Ramsey is I he just still doesn't have a role in the squad. It's not clear what his role is now. You know, if Sanchez leaves in the offseason, that might free up some some space. I actually think that Ramsey could play as, in a Sanchez type role, but uh, I, I mean, he kind of did a couple seasons ago when he was scoring a lot. So. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. Yeah. I feel compelled to answer Byron's question, though. Uh, I would rather root for his fantasy team than Arsenal because Byron James has the best fans. Uh, it's a really great atmosphere when you play at Byron James Park. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, they don't seat a lot of fans. It's like it, I think it's like fits 20 fans, uh, but it's very loud. It's very loud there, Byron James Park. FPL cat says theoretical question regarding mini leagues. Should ghost chips, ghost chips, uh, should ghost ships be booted out? Uh, I'm stuck behind a ghost ship and he won't budge. Now, <laughs> as someone who's, annoying. as someone who's lost to average in, uh, in a head to head competition this game week, uh, I know how frustrating it, it, it can be to lose to something that's not real. Brandon. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. That, that is very frustrating to, to uh, there's something very abstract about it, but I, I mean, my advice to Cat would be uh, stay the course, uh, particularly with these blank weeks coming up and double game weeks still to come, and 
Cat, if you still have your chips left to play, you will eventually surpass these ghost ships. And I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, and that, exactly. That is always the way it shakes out every season. Um, totally. I mean, totally agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably have at least two or three ships left, and yeah, in the wild card. So um, I, I agree. I think it's a. Uh, it can be frustrating, but ultimately, um, it's just a short-term blip. Do you think they should be booted, though, Josh? Do you think that's fair? Well, I, I, I don't. I mean, I guess I'm kind of a big tent person, and I and I can understand the like the impulse to to just call it on the season. I mean, it demands a lot of people, and I don't blame anybody for not wanting to stick it out for 38 weeks. I mean, it's it's a lot, you know? I mean, it's, you know, the NFL fantasy is effectively over uh, by game week 16, mm-hmm. you know? And that's and that's that's two rounds. It's 14 weeks plus two rounds of playoffs. So, you know, I mean, 16 weeks time, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's 2.5 times as long as that season. Um, and, you know, a lot of times you have these double game weeks that come in the middle of the game. You know, it's just... I mean, if you have, you know, like a life, it's, you know, it can be, you know, listen, I, we're doing the podcast, right? I mean, I, I love it. And uh, I'm, you know, as, as bad as my season's gone, I, I still get a kick out of it. I was still excited to watch matches this mini week. Uh, but, I, you know, I could see how for a variety of reasons you could just not. I mean, look at someone like our friend, uh, the guy in our mini league who um, had, had, a, had a child and then like a year later had triplets. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he's killing all of us now. Yeah, and he basically yeah. But last season, I think he finished like almost last. You know, over he had a terrible season, and um, but how you you couldn't blame him, right? I yeah. mean, you know, and this year I've got my baby, and that's that's why things are going badly for me. I don't know what your excuse is, but you know, you'll you'll find one. <laughs> Speaking as somebody who spent most of Saturday screaming "No ban, no wall," uh, I I am not about <laughs> right. kicking kicking people out of the FPL game, no matter how ghosty their ship is. Yeah, well, speaking of that, that, I guess that's, yeah, right. Okay, let's not talk politics. Okay. Let's not talk about the unfolding horror show that's going on in this country. Uh, Abdullah Al-Manman tweets at us, uh, Lukaku or Benteke? So we're getting away from the meltdowns here into actual practical FPL advice. So uh, what do you have to say to Abdullah about Lukaku or Benteke, Josh? You, you, <laughs> I feel like you've, you've flipped Benteke into Lukaku recently. Uh, I did. Yes, it's worked out poorly. Uh, the stand. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this at the top of the podcast. I, I turned. Uh, I, I, I guess I was chasing points. I, I don't know. I mean, Bournemouth and Everton both had pretty good fixtures, uh, and uh, yeah, it did not work out. Uh, Gilfie Sigerson uh, is on fire suddenly, and uh, Lukaku scored. He's kind of a confidence player, so I imagine he's going to score like nine goals in the next three game weeks. Uh, Lukaku's not very good, though. Um, you know, and that team's not very good. And Everton is a pretty good team. Wait, you, you, know, you said you mean Benteke isn't very good. But excuse me, of course, yeah, Benteke isn't very good. Um, <laughs> Lukaku is. <laughs> sorry, that, I made that very confusing. Yeah, Benteke not very good. Lukaku good. <laughs> Lukaku gets more flack than any other striker. Like he, no one gets more stick than than Lukaku does. Yeah. Uh, but but you know he had two two blanks. I mean, I, to me, it's always it's it's about service with Lukaku. I mean, you know, Ross Barkley floats in and out of matches and looks good sometimes and bad other times. And you know, there there was a moment four or five weeks ago when it felt like you know Barkley was clicking and Kevin Morales was clicking and you know when when his when his midfield is playing well, it makes Lukaku so much better. I mean, you really wonder what Lukaku would do on a, on a really good squad. Um, I mean, I like Everton, but, you know, clearly they're not. He's playing a little below his level at that, at that squad. I mean, I'm probably going to take off some Everton fans by saying that, but it's it's true, right? I mean, 
Well, it's, hard. it's very hard to say. I think Lukaku's journey has been so interesting. He's just never. I don't. I don't know what play. What player you could compare him to? But he's. It's not that he's never found his level. He's just never found that team. I can't think of a single midfielder that he had some sort of innate connection with. I feel like every manager that comes into Everton, whether it's Kuman or whether it's uh, Martinez where they want Barkley and Lukaku to become some sort of dream team. And it turns into Lukaku just trying, trying to deal with what can often be crummy service. And yeah, I I think he he struggles with wanting to go be at a bigger team because he is a great striker and he has champions league level abilities yeah. But he, you know, he's still young. He's still waiting for that right chemistry. It'll come. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, like you look at who's getting him the ball. It's, it's you know, 18-year-old Tom Davies and and uh, Seamus Coleman, right? Maybe maybe Leighton Baines. I well, mean, yeah, Barkley, you wonder if Lukaku decides to commit fully to Everton for his whole career. I mean, maybe it's Tom Davies and Lukaku become some sort of yeah. legendary uh pairing in the premier league history yeah the the Belossi thing is a bummer right i mean i, yeah. I love the way that they played together and uh it just you know really really cost them uh god knows how many points they've lost as a result of that Belossi injury because he just he was exactly what that squad needed you know and um yeah eh, too bad but if you just look at the goal scoring pattern for lukaku over the last 23 weeks yeah he's blanked the last two weeks but um there are at least three other points during the season where he's strung a couple of blanks together and he always comes back with the goals. He scored 18 goals last season. There will be more to come from him. And looking at the fixtures, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson was asking about planning for the blanks for game week 26 and 28. And so we're going to have to do more, um, more on that. I mean, really what we ended up doing is just doing a roundup of different articles about it because it's kind of a hard thing to talk about on the podcast. I, it kind of requires you to juggle a lot of teams in your head yeah. while you're listening. And so maybe we'll just do a, a roundup of links. Ken Rooney actually had a really good article uh, last week about the, about planning of the double game makes that I, uh, I really uh, enjoyed. We actually shared it on the Twitter feed and I kind of, yeah. I kind of jokingly said that I, I, I hated to admit that I actually learned something from the article, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was true. It was, it was a good article. And, uh, but just a quick word of caution. <laughs> I don't want to say this like I don't always enjoy his articles, uh, but this one was especially good. But we can just give a quick uh, public service announcement to our listeners that confirmed within within the FA game week twenty six there are blanks for Arsenal, City, United, and Southampton. So just right. beware when you're making your transfers for game week twenty four. You probably don't want to be investing in those four teams, right? right. Particularly big yeah. investments. Exactly. And the confirmed fixtures for game week 28 uh, are Everton, West Brom, Bournemouth, West Ham, and Hull, Swansea. So, uh, I mean, I really, I guess you're looking at Everton and Bournemouth. Although, you know, I mean, Snodgrass at West Ham is an interesting option. I think uh, uh, I'm kind of looking at Snodgrass right now. I mean, 5.7 million back from mm-hmm. injury came out in the second half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Snodgrass and Carroll, I could see that that link sure, up working. Throw, throw Antonio into the mix. <laughs> okay. All right, Josh, we have one last question to get to before we move on to our Game Week 24 previews from Dave Aston. He uh, says on Facebook, I want to put a picture on my dartboard. Who should it be? He's got a few choices here. Giroux, Zlatan, or Danny Rose. And I think Dave is thinking about Danny Rose giving that immortal, I need to be transferred hand motion. Uh, during the Sunderland game. 
so transferred, I mean, not even not even taken out, actually transferred. Transferred. He's like, I want to move. <laughs> I want to go to Marseille <laughs> to be with to be with my my friend <laughs> to be, Dimitri, to, Dimitri Pyatt's family. I would go with Giroud uh, easily. I mean, Rose <laughs> Rose has, has suffered with injuries through a lot of his career. I can't blame yeah. the guy for being concerned about his knee, though. That did really stink to lose out on a clean sheet, particularly if somebody yeah. in your mini league has Walker. Slatan, Slatan, you just have to dare. You have to yeah, dare he, to be. And yeah, he scored fact. like 16 goals in the last 15 games or something like that. He's he's doing fine. Olivier Giroud exited from I completely Arsenal's. made up those numbers. <laughs> Olivier Giroud exited from the Arsenal season in the most unceremonious fashion of all time. And uh, don't yeah. let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> uh, he said he asked someone's in the lowest points in a game week where drugs are allowed. Uh, that's a good question. How about how about 20, 21? Right. 22 would be two points for every single player. Uh, 21 would be one below that. So I think if you get 21, you are free to uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to explore the world of psychotropic drugs. Sure. You're one yellow card away from <laughs> from having a really psychedelic experience. <laughs> All right, Brent, let's take a quick break and let's look at game week 24. And uh, and that's it. Same old podcast. Always all right, Joshua, what do you say? Should we just run through these fixtures real quick, one by one? I say yes. Okay. I was yawning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this a little later than usual. All right. So the first fixture on Saturday morning, it's a big one, Chelsea v. Arsenal. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how this shakes out. Arsenal not in yeah. really great form. And Chelsea, they've been facing some tougher opposition, but they're losing a lot of the steam that they had, you know, could say a month ago. What's yeah, your prediction the, here? I think it, I think it's a hard game to predict. To be, if I'm being frank, uh, right, may I be frank right, with you, Brendan? Yeah, please. You can use the two form if you, if you <laughs> so choose. I think that this is well. You know, Chelsea have traditionally had Arsenal's number. Although early this season, it was the the match where Arsenal, you know, really destroyed Chelsea. That kind of sent Chelsea on this long winning streak. Uh, so, you know, Chelsea's home. I, I think that, uh, like a two, one Chelsea win would be my prediction. I feel like Chelsea is going to win this game pretty handily. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on a clean sheet for Chelsea, but going, going back to how Arsenal demolishing Chelsea early in the season sent Chelsea on this run. It's very much like a Jean-Claude Van Damme film in which Van Damme gets beaten up by somebody. But then at the end of the movie, he comes and like a roundhouse kicks them in the face. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I think Antonio Conte is going to do that to Wenger. Like, I think he's actually going to roundhouse kick Arsene Wenger. I just, in the face I just hope he doesn't wear that hat again. I'm telling you, uh, Conte has a weave, and there, it was raining out, and that is a uh, real problem. I see that. Yeah, fair enough. Crystal Palace, Sunderland. Are we going to go? Are we actually? Are we going to go through all these matches? We don't need to go through all these matches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we go just, go to the traditional always cheating rules where each of us gets a pass? <laughs> well, why don't we just look at the ten o'clock fixtures? What What do you What interests you? I mean, Crystal Palace, Sunderland. I. I'm not very interested in that game. Uh, Everton, Bournemouth. Uh, I have to at least think about. So I, I, have, I have a kind of a dilemma right now, which is that I was I was actually planning to move Nacho Monreal to um, to uh, Leighton Baines or maybe yeah. Seamus Coleman. 
uh, before this match. And if Phil Jones is now out for the weekend, I now probably have to move him out uh, because I picked up another injury with Callum Chambers and Jordi Amat is not playing. So it's just like a total shambles. I mean, the stress fracture for Chambers just completely destroyed everything I was. I mean, he was a way to Spurs anyway, so it wouldn't have been a great fixture to begin with. But so, I I mean, I decided I'm just going to take a blank here. Or uh, I guess I could turn. I, uh, I do like an Everton. I think an Everton defender is a really easy move here for you, particularly because Everton has uh, fixtures in game week 26. They've they've right. kept <clears throat> they've kept a number of clean sheets uh, going. Right, but I I, I have I, I have no money in the bank, and so if I have to, if Phil Jones isn't going to play, I probably have to transfer him out. Uh, or so maybe you can't turn yeah. Phil Jones into like Ashley Williams on the cheap. I'm, I'm, I think I'm point one shy. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so I guess I could turn him into Funes Mori, who is probably a pretty consistent player. I would think he's nah, started. That's not, that's not going to be worth it. That's not going to yeah. be worth it. I feel like if you, if you want to invest in an Everton, Everton defense, like Williams is as low as you can conceivably go. I mean, look at what Seamus Coleman is doing. Right now, um, so right. It's sort of like Coleman Baines toss up, and then Williams, who could get you uh, a goal on a corner. I mean, Funus Mori might be able to do that too, but he's uh, Hol- Holgate. Holgate seems to be nailed on as a starter at the moment. He's got to be pretty cheap. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, well, okay, so I'm, I'm reading right now about Phil Jones. It looks like he says says he should be fine in a few days. So it's like just <laughs> just that. enough to twist the knife. Uh, oh, I so mean, well, I may just I may just like try to pull like pull the trigger and just and just see if I can get by with maybe maybe Phil Jones will play. It's going to be like a late decision. So are if they Phil not going to work Eric Bailly back into that United defense? Well, I think I think Mourinho's really happy with how Jones has played so far. So I, I think that I think he he'll play him if he can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see about Jones. I so mean, the, what, thing, the thing I would flag about this Everton Bournemouth match is that uh, Simon Francis back from his red card suspension was a total shambles uh, uh, this game week, and I think that Bournemouth defense is really shaken by all the upheaval and with Ake leaving and. I mean, I know they have sort of a cohesive unit pre-hockey, mm-hmm. but uh, I I think Everton will score at least two goals here against Bournemouth, and that's all I'm willing to guarantee. I can't, I wouldn't guarantee a clean sheet. Bournemouth, yeah. are, are probably do a, a goal or two. So what about this? What about this Liverpool Hull match? Are you? Do you have any interest in that match? I mean, it looks like Sadio Mane is finally back in. I mean, he's someone we should be thinking about for our squads. Am I gun shy because of what has happened in game week twenty three? But I look at Hull Liverpool, and I say uh, I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with that fixture because yeah. Hull have been strengthening and solidifying, and Liverpool are absolutely on the wane. However, that could be you know my mistake because Liverpool are capable of scoring buckets of goals, but I'm, this, I'm feeling apprehensive. Yeah. So this wait, to me, yeah, I, I wonder if they finally, if, if they're due for a, like a six O demolishing, you know, just like the total, I, you know, to be honest, I don't plan to bring in any Liverpool players. I, I've, I've burned four, two game weeks in a row. It hasn't helped me either game week. Uh, you know, I mean, I had to get rid of Aguero, uh, which I did this game week and I'm, I'm happy that I did. Uh, but you know, I, I turned Aguero into Kane and then I turned, uh, Hazard into Sanchez and, 
I think in the end, it, it was kind of a neutral thing because I did Captain Sanchez and I probably would have Captain Zlatan if I hadn't. So, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel too bad about that. You know, Aguero only played one minute, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a huge loss. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just like burning for every game. It gets like driving me crazy because it just, it just it F's up my score so much, you know, so. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, I probably, probably a good Liverpool match. I, I still don't know who to pick on this team though. Like if you, if you were picking one, one midfielder, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess does for, not look like he's in good form. I suppose Firmino looks the best at the moment, even, even though he blew a few opportunities against Chelsea. I mean, it's just, you know, he had those two goals, but it was wrapped around four blanks, yeah. you know, three, three, three before and three after. So it's a very difficult team. I, I, James Milner is really the most consistent FPL player for Liverpool <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, it really is. But Sadio Mane, him being back could change things a little bit. You know, unfortunately, Sadio Mane's price didn't dip that much. Uh, after he went away, I mean, he's still nine million. He's actually the most expensive option in that midfield. So uh, it's hard to just like wholeheartedly recommend him as the as the player to bring in. You know what, Josh? I'm looking at all these fixtures, and you have to get to Spurs Middlesburger uh, before you get to what appears to be a lopsided match. Every right. single match on Saturday, apart from Spurs Burger, it's like perfectly evenly matched teams almost. Well, Hull and Liverpool. I mean, Hull and Liverpool, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about how we're uncertain about it. but Right, yes, given Liverpool's like, current form, yeah, yeah. Yeah, given their current form. But, yeah, obviously Liverpool would be heavily favored to win that game. But, like, Palace, Sunderland, I feel like that's a pretty even matchup, though I'd favor Palace. Mm-hmm. Southampton, West Ham, very peculiar matchup there. Don't know who to favor, particularly Southampton at home. Watford-Burnley, yeah. this will be a true test of Burnley's away form, which is generally bad. Right. Uh, but but Watford, also generally bad all the way around. <laughs> right. West, West Brom-Stoke, uh, that's like, that's the Pulis Bowl. Mm-hmm. Pulis Bowl 2000. <laughs> I don't know who to, I mean, Stoke's defense has been pretty stout recently. So, I mean, how... West Brom- how how much? How 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 much do you feel about Maddie Phillips? Yeah, right now? and West Brom's defense right now they're they're like uh, they're like Man City's defense the first like eight weeks of the season where they they seem like the better team in every match and yet they concede at least one goal every single time it's just like a drip 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 of just one goal per game one yeah. one goal per game. Uh, so Spurs Middlesburger, that's the one that that sticks out on Saturday for yeah, me as a, this is, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, this is why I burned four points. I've got Deli Ali and Harry Kane now in my squad, and right. it was a complete frustration them uh, away to Sunderland in twenty three. But here is where I really need them to score, and and I think this is. I mean, is this captaincy potential here? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that Harry Kane is the arguably the best captain option for this game week. Yeah, particularly being him being at home and he's been a little quiet. Uh, he has yet to have an opportunity to do a thumb sucking goal celebration. After <laughs> I think his baby could, was born. I think you could go with Ali or Erickson as like a slight differential captain option this game week. Yeah. I, you know, I think that uh, any of those three are, are good captain options. Yeah, Spurs is definitely the big standout fixture on Saturday. Sunday, Man City versus Swansea. Um, I brought in. I also brought in Tom Carroll for Joe Allen in, in 23, but Carroll will get benched for this match. 
still we still don't know what city team shows up week to week. It was the demolition city that showed up in twenty three. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, I yeah, and, and you know Gabriel Jesus, who we talked about already, is an interesting option, but just one that um, that for a variety of reasons. One because I'm still not convinced he's going to play game you know week in and week out. Uh, and also because uh, they have that blank game week 26. I, I'm not going to advocate for bringing him in, but um, I don't blame him if you do. I mean, even as a two-week punt, it might be worth it because, I mean, if you want to be a, a real differential player, bringing in Gabriel Jesus and captaining him at home to Swansea is not a crazy move. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's aggressive, but it could work out. John Stone's got a full 90 uh, today, and he got a clean sheet. Uh, yeah, Stones is not making the squad. It's it's, it's so it's so he's had such a bizarre season. <laughs> you know, he'll get ninety, and then he'll get seven minutes. And it's so strange. Yaya Torre again on the score sheet. How do you feel? Would you? How much? How much ca- cold hard cash would, would I have to pay you, Josh, to bring Yaya Torre into? His price point is just bad right now. I, I feel like right now I've, I've got the I've got the expensive midfielders and the cheap midfielders, and he's in that weird. You know, what, what is he like 7.7 7 or something like that? I don't know. He's, he's in kind of a weird price bracket. So I, I, he's not he's not tempting me. And also it was a penalty. He didn't, you yeah, know. He's, he's at 7.3, uh, which, it, yeah, it's still definitely within that curious bracket. Let's see. I was just looking at Raheem Sterling's stats. Uh, you know, two, two assists against West Ham. I don't know. It's the same Sterling problem as always, which is that he... Um, he, you know, if he could just score a little more, he'd be really valuable. I mean, he's picked up one, two, three, four, you know, six assists in the last six games. And, uh, he looks really good in all these matches, but, uh, I mean, the goals that Man City scored today are really nice goals, but, uh, I don't really know why they haven't been able to put together. I mean, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, quietly on 117 points in the season. Uh, but it's just, it's just that, that price point is just so tough. He's the most yeah. under the radar 10 plus player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about a differential move. Uh, De Bruyne at home to Swansea as a Campton option. Well, that's an interesting owned by, shout. Owned by 7.4% of managers. So if you're still if you're still holding on with Eden Hazard, maybe, maybe Hazard to De Bruyne is the move this game week. Okay, so the last question on this match would be Gilfie Sigurdsson. So we had a few questions about bringing Siggy back in or holding Siggy. He's, he's found a bit of form. What do you do with Sigurdsson if you don't have him, but you're thinking of bringing him in? Are you are you uncertain of bringing him in? <laughs> you're going to have to answer this. I, I I can't be objective about this, so you <laughs> you can you can answer for me. I mean, I would say if if, if Sigurdsson is part of your long term plan, I would not be shy about bringing him in for Man City away because City's defense is notoriously garbage. Though maybe Claudio Bravo being on the bench changes that. But, <laughs> yeah, did did this week at least. I, I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, if, if you want him if you want him in, don't hesitate because of the city matchup. All right, uh, let's get let's go to our picks, Brandon. Uh, let's not talk, Lester Man U is kind of a depressing match. It makes me sad. <laughs> uh, I don't want I don't want to see Lester go down, and now I'm starting to worry that it might actually happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. if, the season's really slipping away for them. It really is. Uh, clean sheets. Who do you got? Uh, who am I going to pick for my clean sheet? I am going to pick a Chelsea clean sheet. Wow. Yeah. Chelsea hosting Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't love that. I, I don't like that pick. I, I can see, I can see Chelsea players getting attacking returns, but I, I can't see a clean sheet there. 
Uh, I'm going to pick a Spurs clean sheet, uh, home to the burgers and, uh, and then captains. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Christian Erickson. No, you know what? No, I'm going to go with, uh, with Kevin De Bruyne. That's my captain. Pick okay, this game I like it. And I'll do the, I'll be sensible and I'll go with Harry Kane, uh, at home to the burger. And I, I see do, you have Alexis written here. <laughs> Hey, that's a left. That, that's leftover from our pre a previous week's running order. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. No, I mean that would. I mean, that's the would be Maverick to Captain Alexis uh, at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> really, I feel. I mean. I mean. You know, it's not like. I mean, anything could happen. He's a great he probably, player. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit like Aguero. I mean, he's he's probably Captain uh, Vintage Aguero, I should say. Yeah, we're going to start talking about Aguero in two like two different ways. Yeah. There's like current Aguero and vintage Aguero. Yeah, um, and that leaves um, transfers. I talked about mine already. Uh, what are you thinking about this week? Uh, it's a decision for Olivier Giroud. I have to figure out Giroud has to go because he's gonna he's gonna drop in value before the weekend. I'm sure. And with Theo back, and Arsenal looked so much better in that second half of the Watford game when Walcott came back on. Um, and I don't see what, how effective Giroud could be against the Chelsea defense. So he's got to go, and I have to decide whether I'm bringing in Lukaku or if I'm bringing in a lower-priced striker to beef up my midfield. Uh, so this this is the question I have to answer, Josh. Well, it's a, it's a tricky one, Brandon. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So game week twenty four. I, I feel like we need we need someone to score a lot of goals. I feel like we need a big point haul just to get the get the spirits back up in FPL. I know. I mean, we're seeing it. You know, Twitter numbers are down. Uh, listens are down a lot right now. I think I think we're all we're all a little like burnt out. Get you know, cabin, so we, FPL cabin yeah, fever. Right. Couple couple bad game weeks in a row for a lot of us, and I think it's uh yeah we need some we need like a if, if it's not going to be a double game week on the horizon, we need at least a you know game week where people can get a hundred points or something like that. Just just some you know explosive game weeks because otherwise. Uh, uh, we're all going to be fried by March. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, but but for those of you who continue to tune in to Always Cheating and your FPL squad, we salute you. Don't yeah. forget to subscribe to Always Cheating. Yeah, the listens aren't down that much. Don't worry, guys. There's still a lot of people listening. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about us. Worry about yourselves. It's all about self-care. But, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to Always Cheating on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And uh, Josh, where else can pe- where else can people find us? Uh, they can follow us on Twitter. On Twitter, it's at Hail Cheaters. Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, and once again, you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash always cheating. Josh, I'm going to try and get everyone's mojo going by bringing back an old favorite and just say, Poku forever. Oh, I like it. And Mbukani forever. I'll I'll do you one better. (laughs) All right. Hail cheaters. Have mercy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.